0: Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Of course, he's my co-host for Jazz pre-half and post-game coverage. Long-time BYU assistant coach as well. He's our friend, Tim Lacombe.
2: What's going on, Coach? What's going on, guys? How are you? I'm good.
0: I heard Sunday went well with you and Ben. I'm a little jealous.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those deals where Ben's your friend, and I kind of know Ben, and then we hang out for a couple hours together, and now we're friends. So, you know, that whole competition for friends thing is going to come up, and it just is what it is.
1: Coach, we can probably just cut out the
0: middleman. We can just get rid yeah, of Jake. I know. That's, what I, that's my fear, you know?
2: Well, I've already put in my vote. I, I don't want to disclose it, but I will hand out my rose sometime this year. Okay. Um, and you, you guys can stand there and wait for who gets my rose.
1: Hey, speaking of roses and uh, tying this into who gets a uh, who gets said rose, uh, we saw kind of The Bachelor yesterday locally in college basketball where Colin Chandler gave his rose to Mark Pope at BYU and has decided that's where he wants to play his college basketball. Uh, where is BYU headed as they've got a couple seasons before they join the Big 12 but, but Mark Pope and what he's got this uh, you know the, what, what he's doing with BYU basketball right now what's you know what's the limit for this team how high can they go
2: man I, I don't you know I think the way that Mark approaches it is there are really no limits I mean I think he, he's he's looking to try to do stuff there that's never been done before and um, you know in the way to do that is to get really good players that want to be there and stay there and um, and so I think that, you know, the the, the job they're doing is pretty noticeable uh, in terms of the guys they're bringing in. I think they've, you know, they certainly are, are getting guys from, you know, the, the advantage of, of the the new transfer rules are really good for BYU. And also, I think the NIL is a huge thing um, because you guys know this. I mean, there's there's a ton of support in the state for schools, but like There's nothing like the support that BYU gets, you know, in the state or around the country, um, and so they, they're tapping into that, and there's a real loyal and dedicated fan base that wants to see it all do well. And BYU is really proactive. I think that's that's really the story here in my mind is how proactive and assertive BYU's been with the NIL and how you know, like Utah, for instance, I think fallen way behind and, uh, and are not doing as good a job and I think ultimately, you know, that stuff kind of comes to the forefront.
0: Is that the way that BYU evens the playing field going into the Big 12? Because that's the, I mean, it's arguably the best basketball conference in the land, certainly uh, has that claim, uh, uh, you know, uh, once every other year or so. I mean, it's a really good league. And you're going up against, you know, teams like uh, like Kansas, obviously, and Baylor. Is that, a, is that a way, BYU, where it's a unique place to recruit, as you know all too well, is that, you know, support the NIL deal? Is that how they even the playing field with these these big-time schools?
2: I think it's certainly a factor and probably a large factor. Um but I also believe that you know there's no substitute for um, a, a clear a, a direction and plan, which I think you know if you just listen to Mark talk, there's there's a direction and a plan. And then I think surrounded by that is really capable uh, staff. Like I think his staff is is as good as you'll probably find. So, I think all that in one, when you start talking about, okay, what boxes, recruits are just looking to check boxes, right? And and at the end of the day, it's a ledger. Um, And a lot of times, you know, personal bias for, hey, I grew up this, a fan of this school, so hence I'm going to go there and kind of throw the boxes out. Uh, But most kids nowadays are really kind of looking into it and um, you know, the NIL's a box. Being in a successful program's a box. Playing in front of a full crowd instead of an empty arena is a big deal. Um, the league's a big deal. And so I think you go down all that stuff and then you make your decision. And I think BYU right now, um, you know, with the league, because I was there when the league was not something we talked about a lot in recruiting, um, you know, and so. You, now you've got that as, as something. So yeah, I think Jake, you're. I think you're right. I think that NIL's a big piece, but it is just a piece. You've got to have. You got to be good in other areas too. And I think that's where BYU is, is excelling right now. Is they're they're great on the floor, and they've got a, a ton of things to talk about off the floor.
1: All right, Coach, you and I saw the Jazz on Sunday shoot just 19% from the three-point line. It was their worst three-point shooting in a couple of years. And then against the Atlanta Hawks, that comes back. They're almost at 40%. They hit 15 threes. It felt like just kind of the swagger of the team shooting and, and, and the ease of the shooting came back. Doing that the first game of a five-game homestand and ten of the next twelve here in Salt Lake City is that enough to kind of change the trajectory of of the you know offense when it comes to three-point shooting? They were still the number two overall offense uh, on the year, but really you could see how much easier that three-point shooting made everything.
2: Yeah, I mean you guys know this. The minute that 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 trend and it is a downtrend right now. I mean, it's like the market; it, nobody can really consistently make shots. Um, yeah, I, I shouldn't say no one, but multiple guys have struggled, you know, to to make shots. And so that's the one piece. I think the Jazz are – I think they have more teeth defensively this year. Um, but that that is the only thing that I think that's holding them back from going on a, a huge, you know, run of wins. And it doesn't hurt, you know. I mean, the only way to do it is to go out and do it. And for them to come out and hit 15 threes, like you said, just under 40%, and then have multiple guys. Um, you know, Donovan had success from there. Clarkson had great success from there. You know, Boyan made a couple. Got to see a couple go down. And Mike's just been solid, right? Mike's unbelievably solid. So, yeah, it, it's not a bad thing. And that's um, you know, I don't. It, this team is not. It's not the year where as their shooting goes, so goes the Jazz. But I do believe that high end that they're looking for really requires them to shoot the ball, um, you know, well. Because I think that that you know that coupled with everything else will be the differentiator between you know good and great.
0: You missed a pretty epic Quinn Snyder pregame media availability before uh, Atlanta, uh, Tim, where he he had something he wanted to say and he started off and and he said it and he was he was frustrated with the narrative that the Jazz. Aren't shooting well, and Ben, correct me if I misinterpret here, but he didn't actually disagree with it. He really just pointed out that the Jazz were still very good offensively. Have the
1: number two offense in the NBA, despite being the twenty sixth yeah, best three point shooting team. So,
0: what does that mean yeah. for for the Jazz that they haven't, you know? And we'll see if the the Atlanta game maybe was the the turning point. But they haven't necessarily hit their stride shooting, but yet the offense has been good and they've been winning. What does that say about the Jazz?
2: That they can be really, really darn good when everything comes together. Like the best team in the NBA, you know? And I think that that's really the, that's the minutia right now. We are, you know, to Quinn's point, I was just looking too. in the last two weeks, the Jazz have been, you know, cleaning the glass does a, a rating for the last two weeks and they've been number two. So again, it's, I could see where it would be aggravating, you know, to to continue to hear about guys missing shots, but it's the, it's the O for 11s, you know? Like those, you sit through one of those. It's it's tough. It's you sit through a couple, and you know that's what everybody starts to talk about. But this team, again, I I can't reiterate this enough. This team is not you know their success in winning games will not really be um, totally tied to shooting. You know as as much as maybe it's been in the past. Because again, this this team is they're loaded everywhere so they can get baskets and i think what it says is they haven't been shooting a three but they found other ways to score um, and they have a bunch of guys that can make plays for themselves which is which is a little different um you know and so uh, to me what that says is this team can be you know lights out crazy good um, because they're really good right now
1: so you think some of this adversity that they're facing early in the season, which you know comes from shooting, and they're still eight and three over at all, and they're still one of the better offensive teams in the league, and they're top ten defensively. You think this can pay dividends at the end of the year?
2: I do. I think everything you go through, um, and, and it's so cliche, but uh, you know, having done it for you know, on different levels for twenty plus years. Um, it really is the the battle, the, the actual battle. Um, you know, getting up every day and getting in there, and getting your shots in, and staying with routine. Uh, momentum is a huge part of sport, and mental the mental approach is so huge. But yeah, you fight through something like this, and still, like you said, are eight and three, and then you find your stride. Uh, and then that, that you guys mentioned the word swag I, I watched uh, I wasn't able to watch the game live but I watched the, the tape of it and I felt the same thing like you're starting to see some of that and so um, I've, I've said it you know in other places but they start making shots the way that they're capable of making shots look out
0: so earlier today, Tim uh, Ben made the argument that Rick Carlisle could be the best coach in the NBA, and I certainly think you can make that argument. But let me ask you, who is the best coach in the NBA?
2: Man, I can tell you who got the Ross deal. That's Steven Silas. That was the bait and switch we've talked about yeah, several times. That was rough. Um, you want to be an NBA coach? All right. You're going to coach the Rockets. Oh, awesome. And then here's your squad, and James Harden's going to leave it. And oh, just kidding. He's gone.
0: Well, and, and John year, Wall just guys. said he's going to sit out the year. There's that, that story today, so that's nice.
2: Yeah, so here you go. Uh, make the best of it. Yeah. And, and last night, ESPN, I got home from my flight, got home, flipped the TV on, and there were two win teams. I was like, yeah, who's the guy that scheduled this? Detroit and Houston going at it. That was nice. <laughs> um, man, I, I don't know. I'm not huge on the best. I, I think there's so many different guys. I, I'm going to tell you, the guy we have here in Utah is pretty damn good. Um and for so many different reasons, I think there's coaching your team, but I think there's communicating with your team and knowing when to pick battles and knowing when to lay off, um, and then also challenging yourself from an X's and O's standpoint to always kind of be looking for the next thing. Um, it's not an accident that most of the league now is shoot or a lot of the leagues now shooting a lot, a lot more threes. And I remember we were freaking out when the Jazz hit forty, and now it's just like, oh, they only they only took thirty nine or forty. Okay. Um, so I think for all those reasons, Quinn Snyder has to be, you know, one of the guys at the top of the list. And um, I, I really kind of found a new appreciation for him watching the teams closely the last couple of years. Uh, and for all those reasons I mentioned, not just for what you see, but you know, the stories that you hear, the way he works through things and the way he identifies with guys, you know, Jordan Clarkson's a, a perfect example. Dude felt, feels like he's t- trusted and loved and, uh, and can be who he is, and he's certainly been a huge part of why the Jazz are good. I think you go down the list, those relationships are really important.
1: So with the Jazz taking on Indiana tonight and kind of looking like they're starting to break out of the shooting funk a little bit, what are you looking for from the Jazz so so we know for sure, hey, this team's, you know, I mean, they're obviously headed in the right direction, but they're kind of on that, that really steep trajectory now where they can jump to being the best team in the NBA.
2: I think it's just, you know, it's really minding all the different things that that help them win. You know, th- this is a defensive-minded group. I like that. Um, I like when they sub that they they actually, again, the white side was plus 14 against the, the Hawks the other night. So when they sub, there's strength coming off the bench, not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side as well. Um, I think that, you know, to, to mind that defensive number and, and the rebounding, I think the Jazz have... the ability most nights to just crush the other team on the glass. Um, Some of that stuff is really relative to doing your job, blocking out, you know, hustling. So there's so many things in those numbers, but really it's, it's taking what's already a really good thing and just continuing to add to it. Um, And that can be different players bringing different things and also um, just getting better in certain areas. We talk about shooting, but, the way the Jazz have gotten to the free throw line has been a big reason why they've been able to weather the storm from the shoot from their shooting woes. Um, you know they are getting to the line way more. Jake and I talked in the middle of last year like this is the next thing this team has to do because they're going through games with less than ten free throws sometimes, um, and so that's another area you look at. The Jazz find ways to manufacture points. One area I think they can really improve in watching them is I think they're deadly in the transition and sometimes there's a lot of, you know, they get the rebound and everybody kind of makes their way down to the other end. Um, If everybody will run in space the way Quinn wants them to, there's so many opportunities there as well. So I think you're just looking for opportunities to harvest points and and, and productivity.
0: Coach, you are the best. Thank you very much for coming on it as always, and I look forward to seeing you uh, this afternoon.
2: Likewise, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep making my decision. I like you both right now. Right. I'm going keep you both around for a minute. All right,
0: all right. I'll lobby you. I, I get a lot more time with you than Ben, so I feel like I true. I can put
2: on the ledger. Like if I'm a recruit, you know, Ben's really hip. Um, ben can connect me to the, you know, and then Jake, you're you're a father of, of a couple kids, so you, you know, I just different things. I can, yeah, just, I'm trying right. to figure out some things. I yeah, I'm not hip at all. You, you
0: you know me well enough to know that. Not not in the slightest. But Ben, he's really cool, and I also have Ben's kids. Really cool, we yeah, have The I best of both Ben's worlds. Ben has
2: <laughs> Ben's hip and has kids. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, that's probably he. He just got the. He just got a little bit of the nod. But how, we'll
0: how about out. this? We can both live vicariously through Ben.
2: That we can do. That we I'll can I'll do. There.
0: All right. Okay. Th- thanks, Coach.
1: You're the man.
2: Thanks, guys. See you,
1: Tim Lacombe. You Tim. know who we don't talk about enough. as the uh, best coach in the NBA is Mike Budenholzer, Coach Bud. He just won a championship. Yes, he And he did. found a way to win in Milwaukee, which is not a place where you win unless you have Kareem. Now, they do have Giannis, who's probably the best player in the NBA right now. But he found a way to get a very unique basketball player to be the best player in the NBA and helped kind of, you know, hand the team over to him, but still run a system, which is one of the things we've talked about, and found the right types of guys who are not superstars. Chris Middleton is not a superstar. Drew Holiday is not a superstar. They're very high level players, but it is not the Kyrie Irvings or the Paul Georges or the Kawhi Leonards of the, you know, that you say, "Hey, let's build a team and find these incredible supporting casts." Uh, he's one with the system. And you know, we loved him and uh, there was a conversation that he might be the best when he was in Atlanta. And then it seemed like a home run when he got hired by Milwaukee and then he won a championship. So if you check all the boxes, you should get the respect for checking all those boxes. Well, and to your, uh,
0: you know, to com- combine two conversations, that uh, one we had earlier in the day, when a good coach comes in and replaces a bad one and the, the results are immediate, that's probably a good sign for the good coach Correct. and a bad sign for the bad coach. Yes. See Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Correct. You know? 100%. Steve Kerr makes an immediate impact, and all of a sudden they're a great team, and you wonder, what was Mark Jackson doing? And I feel the same way about Jason Kidd and Coach Bud, but Jason Kidd got another job, so good for him.
1: I do think sometimes we fall in love with the idea of figuring out how the watch works versus just figuring out what time it is. And sometimes, you know what's awesome right now? Chicago went from being really bad to really good. And what happened? They added Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Alex Caruso. And all of a sudden, they have a really good defensive team. Well, Alex Caruso is a great defensive player. Let's respect that that's awesome. Let's respect that, yes, he does all the things you want from a guard defensively, and that has elevated them to a significantly higher level. Sometimes we want to say it's, oh, it's how you play defense, or it's the team style of defense. Like Sometimes you just have an awesome dude. You have a baller. And Alex Caruso is a baller on the defensive end, and he gets steals, and he gets steals in transition, and he makes highlight plays, and that's good, that's fun, and we can celebrate those guys going back to our bud point. You know, but you can say the same thing about Quinn Snyder, you know. And, and no, Tyrone Corbin wasn't given a, a ton of tools to succeed, but also, he had some issues where he was not getting the most out of the talent, and Quinn Snyder came in and started getting more juice out of that fruit. You know, he just he started getting more juice for the squeeze out of this jazz team, and they started elevating to a much better roster. I so. go back to uh, <laughs> to that awkward interview with uh,
0: Richard Jefferson and Trey Lyles yeah. when Trey Lyles was complaining about Quinn Snyder's what uh, two hour practices or whatever he was three uh, uh, yeah. three hour practices or whatever he was bellyaching about, and uh, Richard Jefferson said something along the lines of, "Oh, come on, man, you, you can't complain about that." I was in Utah, you know. He tried to give him an out, yeah. And Trey Lyles goes, "Yeah, you were. Who was the coach when you were in Utah?" And Richard Jefferson's like Ty Corbin, and Trey Lyles goes, "Yeah, exactly."
1: <laughs> Ty's still hanging around, right?
0: He's got a job. He's a good guy. I hope he is. Really nice guy. Uh, extraordinarily nice guy. But. Yep. um, Trey Lyles, yeah, I, I, that was my favorite part about it was Richard Jefferson trying to give him an out. Like, hey, dude, it's not a real good look for you to be complaining about practice time when you stink. Yeah. yeah when you're not terrific. And, you know, if you're Allen Iverson, knock yourself out complaining about practice time. But if you're Trey Lyles, you need it.
1: He's uh, in Orlando. Old Ty Corbin. Still an assistant in Orlando. So good for him. Absolutely. uh you know, that trade for Donovan Mitchell continues to look good. <laughs> that Trey Lyles trade, who's uh, – Trey's uh, on a minimum deal right now in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's one of the – you know, pretty, I think at this point, probably and arguably one of the 10 best players in the NBA right now. Mm. So that's a tough trade for Denver. Well, and then uh,
0: what the Rudy trade was uh, with my guy, Eric Green Eric from Green? Virginia Tech. Former jazz man, Eric Green. Not in he's, the league anymore. been a weekend in Utah yeah. on a 10-day. <laughs> Not –
1: in the league anymore. All right, stay tuned. We're Tyler here. Lydon, who they also drafted in the first round, played two seasons in the NBA. Didn't get his rookie deal extended. Oof. Didn't get the qualifying offer. That's how you know it was a miss. <laughs> <It> was a <laughs> Because whip. it's like a no brainer to give them a qualifying offer. You have two, you probably traded two Hall of Famers in three years to the same team for zilch. Nothing. For nothing.
0: They're lucky they drafted drafted Nikola Jokic where they did. Correct. And Jamal
1: Murray. That arranges some mistakes. Jamal was a lottery pick. It helps to not have Donovan Mitchell if you have Jamal Murray. It helps to not have Rudy Gobert if you have the MVP and Nikola Jokic. But yeah, that's still, you know, we love Karl Malone and John Stockton. Dominique Wilkins and Magic Johnson would have looked pretty good in a jazz uniform Uh, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, probably some of the heat on the Dante Exum miss was negated because they drafted Rudy, or you know, yes. traded for him and yep. got Donovan as well. Uh, and as Cantor, they missed on him at uh, what was he number th- three, three? Yep. So you know, it helps when after the mistake you fix it a little bit. And every team has them. Every team sure. has their you know their their ebbs and their flows, their highs and their lows. And then uh, except for the Kings, and they pass on everybody who's good. Outside of De'Aaron Fox, I guess. Poor guy. He's not good this year either. No, that's he's true. T- he's taking a downturn. <laughs> Top three stories at KSLsports.com. Coming up next, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone back.